0: you're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. Thank you for tuning in and uh, spending time with me today. I hope that your October is already feeling hashtag cozy. Uh, Honestly around here it's still like super warm so I feel like we're still in the summer and I haven't even decorated my house yet with any leaf garland um and I I don't have anything cinnamon smelling yet so we're gonna hopefully change that this weekend I think that's what I'm gonna like you know maybe make something cozy like chilly I don't know and then just dip into fall so uh wherever you are hope you're feeling good and that your season's kind of winding down and that you're getting some rest. Well, I wanted to chat about something today that honestly I've been going back and forth about for like mm, months of whether or not I wanted to bring up this subject because it could be seen as, oh, she's being a little negative and I, I really don't want to you know focus on that. I don't want you to ever listen to an episode and feel discouraged. Um, but I did want to chat about the temperature <laughs> of 2022 <laughs> and some different themes that I've noticed with clients that I've never noticed before and so I've been kind of going back and forth in my mind about this and then I was recently messaging with um, several friends listeners who have been sharing some of their stories and I thought you know um I I really want to address this topic. So I do want to talk about the challenges that have come with 2022 and some new trends that I've noticed with my clients and um, that I hear that some of you have also been noticing with your clients. So I don't want you to to feel discouraged when you listen to this episode. In fact, I want it to be really empowering for you. Um, I want you to hear that you're not the only one facing some new difficulties or struggles that you've never felt before in your business or you've never had to face before in your business so I want you to know that you're not alone uh, by sharing some of my experiences and you know very vague stories but just things that I've I've dealt with this year that I haven't before and then I also want to share with you things that I'm doing to prepare myself and I don't want to use the term protect myself but kind of uh, for 2023 and then kind of a big thing that I'm planning to help all of us better prepare for 2023. So um, I hope that you can relate to some of the things that I'm sharing. And if you hear stuff that you're like, Oh, my word, that's totally me please shoot me a DM. You can email me. Um, there's a contact on secrets of bridal seamstress podcast.com. And, uh, I just love to hear what you're going through because I think it makes us feel better and more, um, courageous to face things when we know that we're not alone. So, uh, this all started, uh, late summer. I received three emails within two weeks from three separate clients, two brides and a bridesmaid. And, um, you know, they were unhappy and, um let me let me start by saying before 2022 I had like two clients that I can think of that were like oh my goodness they were super difficult. I was really excited for the experience to be over and I don't even know if they liked their dress by the end of it. You know what I mean because it was just like so uncomfortable and that was like two total like with all with my years combined. And then this year I had five emails from you know, unhappy brides and well, four brides and a bridesmaid. And um, yes, I've had like probably 150 dresses this year, but still those five emails were the loudest because they were the negative ones. And so um, like two or more in the beginning of the year. And then I had these three within two weeks and um, one bride changed their um, the height of their shoes. And so after the wedding, they wanted, the length of their dress changed. Um, and they didn't really own that they were the ones who changed the shoes. So the, the verbiage was a little difficult to work around and kind of put me in a tight spot. The other bride was um unhappy with the whole fitting experience and asked for a refund, a partial refund, I should say. Um, and mind you, both of these emails were received after their wedding date. So Okay. Um and then the third email was from a bridesmaid who had changed their undergarments and so the dress fit differently. Um the email was kind of like, "Ooh, but I was able to like work it out and I will say that with all three of those emails, you know, I I answered them professionally. I made sure that the client felt heard and that they felt taken care of. Um and I did what I had to do to like Give me peace to, you know, put that to bed and just to move on from those clients. Um, and I will say, I I'm kind of careful of like who I tell what I did <laughs> to to put those situations to bed, because and this is this is really why I wanted to like share this episode is because I feel like when we admit that like we've had rude clients or uncomfortable situations where like, literally, we just have to do what we have to do to like get through it and get over it. There's almost this like shame that comes with it or embarrassment because we feel like it's our fault that number one, clients are rude. And number two, if we don't, you know, dig our heels in and stand behind our business and like the great work that we do, you know, then we're schmucks. That's like the opposite. Because we're like, softies and we're giving the partial refund back or whatever. Um, and so I'll admit that maybe if I heard these stories from somebody else, and then I heard that like, they did give the partial refund, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's not fair. Like you should have stood your ground. But because it was me, I'm like, No, I, I'd rather just get it over with and, you know, make sure that they feel seen and heard. And just be done with it and move on. It's the end of my season. I just want to be done. So maybe you've been there. And uh, I, I know you've been there. <laughs> Some of you anyway, because what happened and this was kind of really cool, the timing was perfect. So when I when I received these emails, you know, in that really short time period, I was feeling what I like to call the loser feels. I know I've told you about those before. They come into my life every once in a while. And they're really intense. And I was talking to my husband about it. And I'm like, I feel like. um you know, I know it's not me because I I can see like all of these other clients that I've loved working with. And I, I know that they feel so good in their dress and it's such a positive experience. And then these, you know, these five individuals in the whole of 2022, for whatever reason, they have like the loudest voice to me. And it's really hard to like, not just focus on the things that they say about me. And so my husband, you know, in his loving way, he's like, okay, but all of these people have had like weird requests or they've done weird things and then they expect you to fix it for them. So I was like, okay, that's true too. Because of course, you know, our partners know every detail of every client because we have dinner with them. (laughs) So he knew all the details of each scenario of the, you know, of the big five scenarios in 2022. So I was like, okay, so I, you know, I got it over with, with him and got out of my system. Well, uh literally the next day i received uh like a voice message like a dm on instagram from my friend jessica and she was sharing she's like i don't know what it is i'm feeling really discouraged and you know i'm i've heard from i think she said she had two clients who had messaged her again after the wedding was already done <laughs> and she shared with me things that these brides had said to her and um you know, I just was in tears listening to her um, her voice message because um, the things that were said were just so personal and so hurtful. And me as the outsider, I was able to be like, oh my gosh, Jessica, you're an amazing seamstress and you're like super professional and you're so kind and fun to be around. And for somebody to have it in them to write that kind of email you know, you kind of have to think about the big picture. Like, what does that say about who they are, you know? And I'm, I'm thinking this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to also tell myself the same thing because that's what friends do is they, like, they give you the objective, you know, um, the objective response rather than, like, the the personal, like, Insecure feelings that we feel ourselves when those emails come through, right? And so she and I just had this really great conversation about the shame that comes with disgruntled clients, or um, no matter if we know or not that it's our fault or not. Like, I can confidently say that, like, yes, my difficult clients. I don't want to say it wasn't my fault <laughs> because that sounds like a total baby, but there was a breakdown in communication along the way, and it takes two people to have a miscommunication, right? And so I don't necessarily think that their responses were fair, um, but I still felt like really embarrassed to even have like a negative experience like that, and so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get kind of. Further in the episode, I'm gonna talk about like what I think this all comes down to, and I wonder if it kind of encompasses what you've been experiencing too. But anyway, so she and I were we're gonna go back and forth and sharing how this topic isn't breached too often within our industry because it's like, okay, I don't wanna look like an idiot if I have like difficult clients, and there's this myth that you know, rude clients or disappointed clients are, ref- are a reflection of us, of our work, of our businesses as a whole. And if we share that we've had like a, a, a rough experience, then it means that we're like dropping the ball. And on the flip side of that, yeah, I think there's definitely a way to at least start to control who comes into our studio. And I think that is directly related to knowing who your ideal client is and having all of your marketing target that specific bride that you want to work with or specific client, if you're like phasing out of bridal or whatever. Um, And I I love talking about this of how even your Instagram posts, your, your um, copy on your website the quotes that you put under your Instagram post, whatever, they are attracting a very specific client. And so it's really magical once you can tap into that, um, that aspect of your marketing. And so just by doing that, you can really filter through a lot of clients that are going to potentially contact you. But that doesn't say that you have control over every personality that comes into your studio. I mean, that's almost impossible. We can work on our end, um, so that we, um, the difficult clients are like the anomaly, you know? And I feel like for the most part, that's where I'm at. I mean, I have like 98% of my clients this year were awesome and I have great memories with them, but we all know that the negative experiences are the ones that are just like louder in the back of our heads, right? So, um, yes, there's a way to somewhat control, who we see but at the end of the day we we don't have complete control over every person that walks into our sewing studio and it's really important that we know the difference between um uh you know owning our mistakes and wanting to satisfy customers and making sure that they feel loved and seen but then also being able to let it go and um you know, understand what's on us and what's on them and being okay with what's kind of left with that as difficult as it is. Um, So uh, Kate Wooden was on the podcast a few weeks ago. And she mentioned, you know, how we have... As, as business owners um, in a bridal sewing industry, we're doing the physical work behind the scenes. Um, we're interacting with the client at fittings. We're the ones, you know, keeping track of our finances and our taxes and all that stuff. And we're also the ones dealing with like the complaint department. <laughs> So it's like, whereas other, you know, enterprises, there's this, you know, tiered system where like some people take in the complaints or respond to the Google reviews, and then, you know, other people are responsible for the, um, like the, the client interaction or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like, when we do have to do it all, it can be really hard to let the negativity go. And... And, and move on and be our best for the next client and not be hashtag jaded, you know, when the next client comes in. Um, so I want you to know that if you've experienced those type of situations with your clients, especially this year, 100% you're not alone. And, and here's kind of my theory behind it. Because Um, You know, we've all had situations where we're like, oh my gosh, that was totally my bad. And I cringe when I think of how I used to, you know fix that type of alteration, right? We've all been there. And that's normal. It's great for us to get better in our trade, as we, you know, grow in the business. Um, But then there's also just something to be said for, we do great work, we're communicating the same with every client, we have the same, you know, way of sharing information and going through the process. And um, there are strange breaks in communication that we can't anticipate. And that's kind of what I want to focus on for a minute here. So what I've noticed is that, um, well, obviously, our culture has shifted dramatically since the pandemic. Like, no matter where you work or what you do, it's like you see that, whether it's on social media, like how brave people are behind like a computer screen and how fiercely they can type when they're not like face to face with you. (laughs) Um, And also, there's a shift in expectations from customers, um, like with what they consider customer service, but what the expectations are is actually beyond customer service. And it's more like, you need to read my mind and follow my timeline, even if it's really inconvenient for you. So what I've noticed, and this was kind of the situation with um, each, not only the um, like the the big five that I just mentioned, (laughs) but just every client that things were a little like, oh, okay, like a little tense moment. And this is also what I'm gathering from situations that you all have shared with me is that there's an expectation. Maybe a decision's made by the bride, like they order a specific size of a dress, hoping they're going to lose weight. They order the dress in a specific color. Um, they want an element of like a design element added to their dress. This has happened to me twice this year, okay? A design element added to the dress and then once it's on the dress, um, they change their mind and it's fine. Like we all make decisions that we regret and it's like, oh, that was a stupid decision. Instead of owning that as like, okay, I regret that decision, I'm going to change my mind. There's like this shift where they take on a victim mentality. And it's not just like, oh, a lapse of judgment. It's like, I'm a victim, and this is your responsibility. And you messed this up for me. And now I don't want to pay for it. And actually, I think you should buy me a new dress. Like that's never happened to me. But it has happened because that's what I've heard from you. Like, (laughs) like these scary situations have happened, um, with seamstresses. Uh, thank you for sharing in my DMS. I'm going to keep all of you anonymous, but, um, that victim mentality is not unique to the wedding industry. That's kind of what we're seeing. Um, I don't want to use the term in, uh, entitlement because I feel like that's kind of like tossed around. So, so frequently that it's like, okay, everybody's entitled, really, when you think about it. Like, I'm pretty entitled to my morning coffee, and if I don't have it, it's like, look out, right? So we all have a little bit of entitlement in us, but I think the the um, the victim mentality and then, okay, I'm going to tell my friends and my family this situation and how I was really burned, and then they're going to kind of feed the fire, and now I have the nerve to send the email to, you know, you name the wedding vendor and get a partial refund or... Um, or, you know, have them fix the dress for me. And they kind of lose sight of what actually happened. And their ownership of the situation is like not part of the equation at all. Like they, they didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you know? So, um, and when you think of it that way, it's like that is so much bigger than our side of the break of communication. Does that make sense? Or like um, when we're dealing with that, like on a cultural Level like, of course, it's gonna trickle into our industry, and I I don't hear it just from seamstresses. It's like I have a local florist friend, and she had a similar situation happening where it was like after the wedding, you know, she was getting messages um, from this bride who wanted a refund after using the flowers in the wedding. <laughs> you know, um, I don't want to say you know it's all about money, but I know inflation is really hurting people, and I think people are so aware of how much they're spending, and Um, is your work really worth what I'm paying you to do for me? Um, Because of the rush with like timelines, because of, you know, dress production is behind, um, you know, some brides are getting their dresses delivered later than planned, or they kind of put off their shopping because they don't realize how long it's going to take for the dress to be delivered. And then suddenly their crunch timeline becomes your crunch timeline. And it's like, again, like, they're the victim and they need to be helped. And if you can't help them, like it's your fault. Um, and, you know, as I'm saying this, it's like I said, it's such a small percentage of our clients who do this. So it's like, um, so I, I want to get onto like the good part of the conversation because <laughs> I don't want to dwell on this too long. It's like, literally for me, it was like 3% of all of my amazing clients were a little more on the difficult side. And like, oh gosh, you know, like let's, let's kind of wrap this up. So, but for the most part, like we love what we do. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. We love who we work with. Otherwise we would have changed our career path. You know, there's a reason why we choose to work with brides and work with people who, um, we have a relationship with. It's not just like a one and done appointment. It's like we see them several times, we hear their stories, we cry when they leave, you know, like, um, that is the majority. So let's not lose sight of that. But for those clients who are kind of grasping onto this like victim mentality, or maybe they've had a really hard experience, you know, just with with work, with family, with their own social circle the past couple years, and You know, it's trickling down to whoever they happen to be working with. Um, Francesca Despirito, she said this um, on her episode with us that when brides come into our studio with that angst, they've already walked in with it. So it often isn't us. It's like another part of their story that we haven't heard yet, but we just happen to be like, you know, absorbing it, unfortunately. And that's what I can think of too with my. Um, like disgruntled clients, I know their backstory, um, come to find out like, oh, this is actually what happened on the wedding day, because I heard, you know, from other wedding vendors or whatever. Um, And I know, like, in my heart that it's not me, but it still doesn't make it any easier. You know what I'm saying? So okay, so here's what I'm doing a little bit differently. Number one, I'm just buttoning up my contract. And if you do not have a contract, I understand that. And um I don't want to throw shade on you because I know for a long time I didn't have one because I almost felt like, well, it's almost like I'm expecting something to go wrong if I give them a contract to sign. And I I believe that mentality. So if you're there, I I get it. And I don't want you to be embarrassed if you don't have a contract now. But I do want to encourage you to develop one just so that you you can feel confident in in case anything like does kind of go sideways, you know what I'm saying? Um, So we want to be, what is that phrase? Um, Harmless as, wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I think that comes from the Bible. And it's like, isn't that so true? Like, I don't want to offend anybody when I'm busting out this like prenup contract, right? But also I want to be wise because I don't know what's going to happen in the next three months working with this client. And I want to make sure like everything is just covered and, you know, dealt with, um, preemptively. Um, and it's also normal if you do have a contract to make changes as needed. So if you, um, you know, start with a simple contract and it's kind of like covered you up to this point, it's fine to switch it up. You can maybe find a couple other seamstresses to bounce off your contracts back and forth. Like, um, uh, My friend Jessica, she and I are now like going um, through our contracts together and refining them together. So that's been kind of fun. And I'm also going to send mine to our local dress shop and have that shop owner look at it and kind of give me her critique because I think that'll be really helpful too. And it's normal to um, update your contract regularly. So if you do have an experience that's like, whoa, that was super weird, came out of left field. How did I even get stuck in that mess? Okay, go to your contract and add that clause so that everything is covered. Um, If you feel like me, I hate the... I I don't know why the contract feels like a confrontation sometimes, but that's just my personality because I hate confrontation like literally to a fault, okay? So what you can do is put the contract on a little clipboard and then you hand it to your bride at the end of the first fitting and it goes through, you know, the the price... um, estimate or whatever and then you say okay go ahead and read over the contract while I bag up your dress and let me know if you have any questions otherwise you can sign that so then you know they're reading it over you're like not in their line of sight and then oh did you have any questions no okay great let's go ahead and book out your next fitting and like boom done and done some people I know require um the contract to be digitally signed before a client even enters the sewing studio and if that's if that works for you then that's awesome And then make sure that you do have an exit contract. So this is something that brides sign when they pick up their dress um, in the condition that it's in, that they are, you know, stating they're satisfied with the alterations completed, and that they understand that you know your company is not responsible for any changes in the dress due to weight loss, weight gain, pregnancy, surgery, change of shoes, change of undergarments, whatever, like you name it, right? And that's kind of like the okay, we're done. And that is a clause that you can just keep adding stuff as thing com- things come up, you know, like <laughs> it's like that could be a very long clause by the end of, you know, next year, who knows. Um, but it's okay to button up the contract, find a way that feels good for you to introduce the contract, have your client sign it. Um, if you're not into confrontations, you know, come up with a different way to do it as long as that gets signed. Um, so I'm, I'm buttoning up my contract, Another thing that I'm doing to make sure that my perspective is always in the right place is I'm going to start printing off photos of my brides. So I know sometimes we get those really, really sweet thank you notes or, you know, flowers and I've never received flowers, but I know you have. So some of you have gotten the chocolates and the flowers and it's like, okay, that's awesome. But even if you don't receive a thank you note, um, once you receive those photos or once you see the pictures posted by your bride, um, print them off. And have like some kind of inspiration board in your office or in your workroom of brides that you remember having a great experience with and that it was like, I loved working with them and I know they were so happy when they picked up the dress. And, you know, it's it's so important to have that reminder of like, why do we do what we do? Why do we love what we do? Why are we known as being good for it? And it's not just, or good at it, I should say. It's not just because, um, you know, you sew beautifully, but it's because of that connection that you build with your clients. And for those days when you get those emails um, that are so intentionally worded, you know, when people sit down to write an email, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. It's more than just a phone call, right? Um, And you don't know who has proofread that email before it was sent to you. I think of that all the time. Like sometimes I picture people like, honey, listen to this. Okay, this is what I said. I said, dear Nadine, I am unhappy with you or whatever. Like, you know, like who are they reading the email to before they click send? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if that makes me a bad person. But anyway. I lost my track of thought. What was I saying? Um, oh, so when those emails do come in, um, you have this proof that you're in the right spot, you're doing the right thing. And you have this like wall of clients that you have really special memories with, and they have really special memories of you. That's the important part, right? Um, I don't know what it is about our brain, but we're really good at remembering and highlighting the negative things and like the intimidating situations and whatever, the stuff that makes us cry in a bad way. And we have a really good way of forgetting all of the good moments and just letting them be, you know, overshadowed by the negativity. So I'm creating like a, um, I'm just getting a, whatever, what's a bulletin board. And I'm just going to tack up these pictures and have that be like, oh. I remember Amanda, I loved working with her, you know what I mean? Like, uh, have that be your little daily inspiration. Um, And the third thing that I'm planning is a little bit bigger than, you know, updating my contract and uh, creating this vision board. I'm planning a retreat, a Secrets of Bridal Seamstress retreat in January. It's going to be in Palm Springs, January 19th and 20th. So the registration has already been opened for our members. um, It's going to be opened up to you starting October 10th. So like I mentioned, in our culture, we've just had so many shifts of like, expectations and the communication style, you know, like professionalism is kind of harder to come by, right. Um, And so along with Um, you know, these other things like your contract preparation, or, you know, remembering the positive things, those are super important. But it's really important to develop professional systems that are going to work for us in 2023. So when you uh, when you think about like, okay, what could the worst case scenario be as much as we hate to think of that? Okay, where where do you start? I don't know, like, um, do I need to develop like, a new like payment system or communication system. Ooh, it can feel a bit overwhelming. So our first day, we have a special guest who will be with us, and uh, she has been an educator with um, some really big wedding names. I kind of I gotta keep it a secret because I I don't want to um, spill the beans till October tenth. But um, she is an excellent wedding vendor educator, um, which I'm really excited about because she's seen things outside of like the the seamstress industry. And I feel like that is what a lot of us need is like, what are the expectations that other professional wedding vendors have? And how can we put them in place with our own, you know, solo business. So she's going to talk about professional systems to have in place to protect yourself in 2023. And also that will help us with the project trends that will be coming with 2023. Um, And then day two, we have more of like an introspective training. So after we learn all these like big ideas of how to make our business even more professional and um, respectable and um, that we can feel more confident in, you know, our service, day two is going to be all about the stuff that we have to do within ourselves to have the guts to... (laughs) implement these professional ideas. Because I know once we get home, it's like, wait a minute, I was supposed to do what? How am I going to do that? It's just me, what? So we're going to work through that on day two. And um, in between those trainings, we'll have topical roundtables. So that's when we get to talk about like comparing our prices and um, how do we schedule? What does our booking look like? Um, What do our like dreams look like in the next five years? And really kind of talk seamstress to seamstress, getting these ideas on like the nitty gritty how to for um, inside our business. So I'm really, really excited for that. And I think it'll just give us this refresher of like, wow, 2022 was really hard, but we got through it. And now we have all this new knowledge because we survived, (laughs) first of all. And then in 2023, here are all these really amazing new um, systems and habits that we can implement to make ourselves like the best version Of ourselves and make our business the best it can possibly be. And I think the most important part of that is the confidence that's going to come with those trainings. Because when we work by ourselves, let me tell you, those insecure feelings are really rampant, right? Because we kind of have nothing to compare ourselves to. That's why I love any opportunity to join some kind of like membership or cohort or get other trainings because it's like we, that is so nourishing for us to like kind of toss things around and go back and forth. So I'm super excited for this retreat. The uh, registration is opening on October 10th, um, And I, I hope to see you there. I'm super excited. So that will be uh, all the details. The speakers will be announced October 10th, And uh, the the tickets will be available then. So I can't wait. But um, if anything that you get from this episode, I want you to know that you're not alone if things were weird for you this year and with every negative client experience as hard as it is there's something to learn from it and I kind of hate admitting that but you know with each experience that I had it was like okay note to self next time this is what I'm going to do differently and it wasn't necessarily oh I'm going to sew this better or oh I was a horrible seamstress no it was more like I'm going to communicate this until it is like dead because I like beaten them to death with this like information, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, or I need to make sure that they initial this particular sentence that I will add to, you know, a contract or whatever. Like um, those are the big takeaways that I've had of like, how to better protect myself. And, um, and then I'm just going to do it. I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to update my contract and I'm going to move on. And I'm not going to hold on to that for the next client because it's not fair, right? We don't want to, once we kind of start holding on to those feelings, it just gets icky. And then we get like, we become those people who are like, ill brides are horrible. And it's like, no, we love them. That's why we want to work with them. But also we got to be honest when things are a little difficult and we have to, uh, Know that it's okay to like share those weird experiences because, um, yeah, you don't want to get the loser feels right. Also, I'm sorry that I was like, I couldn't get it together a couple times today, but it's like I hate when people feel like embarrassed a failure, especially when it's not a failure, you know. And I think some of us are stuck in that. And I know if I felt that way, um, I know there are so many other people who have felt that way. So, anyways. Please let me know um, if this was encouraging to you. I hope that you're walking away feeling uh, encouraged and not like, oh my gosh, I got to change my career. Why am I doing this? Get me out of the wedding industry. No, this is an awesome industry to be in. You're in the right place. You're already doing so great. And um, we just kind of tighten the ship a little bit, right? To prepare for 2023. And um, yeah, so if, you, if you've listened and you're like, oh my goodness, I had a similar situation. Like I said, feel free to. You can DM me on Instagram at nadine.boseman, or you can uh, contact me. You can send me an email through our website, Secrets of Bridal Seamstress Podcast.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. And if you had like a weirdo experience or you feel like a loser, I'm here for it. I'd love to hear that from you and <laughs> maybe give you a little pep talk <laughs> so you don't quit, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful week. And um, I can't wait to maybe see you at the retreat. I don't know. So October 10th, that date's coming quick. All right. Thanks, everyone. Okay, I'm back because I can't keep a secret and I have to tell you who the trainers are gonna be for our retreat, I just can't keep it in. So for day one, we have Megan Garmers from the Bridal Masterclass. She is the director and founder of the Bridal Masterclass. She's been an educator with The Knot since 2011 and she's a marketing strategist and a business coach for uh, wedding vendors. She's also worked with Aisle Planners Aisle Academy and Wedding MBA. Um, She's been an educator at London Bridal Fashion Week So I am pumped to have her, and I think she's going to really open our eyes to so many things we haven't even considered as seamstresses because of her experience in all these other wedding vendor fields as their strategist and marketing coach. So pumped to have her for day one. Day two, we're featuring Stephanie Booth, who you just heard from in our last podcast episode, and she is really going to help us embody all of those awesome new things that we learn about from Megan in day one. So, um, Stephanie is brilliant when it comes to a work and life, home life balance, um, changing ourselves from the inside out. So we really can own our business in confidence and run it smoothly with confidence. Um, and I I know I've said this before, but working with her as my own personal mindset coach has changed my life so much. And I am so excited to share her with you and just just introduce her to you. And uh, I know you'll just get so much out of that. So day one and day two will be packed with these all-day trainings with these amazing women, and then don't forget about those um, topical roundtables, which will be added to the event as well. After the retreat, you will have six months of a Voxer support with the group that attended the retreat. So we'll stay in contact. Once we're super fired up after the trainings, it's like, okay, now what do we do? So. You may need a little extra support along the way. So that's where the Voxer subscription is going to come in. We're going to have giveaways and swag bags and additional trainings and obviously wonderful conversation um, with uh, people that really get you because <laughs> sometimes we need that little seamstress conversation. So, okay. October 10th, that is when registration opens and I can't wait to see your name on the list. Okay. Now I'm officially done. Okay. Bye.